The eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, we take seriously this commission that you have left with your followers. And today I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to all of us and show us what it is you would have us do in these last days to Preach this gospel around the world. And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. And the Lord bless you as you are. This is the commission. This is what Jesus said. You want to know what we're supposed to be doing until Jesus comes? Notice he didn't say, uh, uh, veg out on Netflix until I come. He didn't say do that. Notice he didn't say, work as hard as you can to make as much money as you can until I come. He didn't say that. Here's what he said. Until I come, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the world and make disciples. What is a disciple? Followers of Jesus Christ. Make disciples of all men and all nations. That's what I want you to be doing. And as followers of Jesus Christ, that's what God wants us to be doing. Now, he spoke this to those who were following him 2,000 years ago. He said it directly to them. But how many of you consider yourself today a follower of Jesus Christ like they were? Let me see your hand. Hold it up. So not only was he speaking it to them, he was also speaking it by the Holy Spirit to us today. For the Holy Spirit has preserved these words that Jesus spoke on that mountain that day in the Holy Scripture for this generation, for us. These are words for us. And so just like he told them, he is speaking to us. This is what I want you to be doing until I come. And I want you to know that this is for everybody. Say everybody. Sometimes in a mission service like this, it's easy to think, well, this is the pastor's job. Or maybe the ministerial staff, they're the ones uh, that are to do this. Or uh, the leadership of the church. Or maybe the spiritual giants, that's for them. But that's really not for me. I want to show you something in this text today you may or may not have ever seen. I want you to notice when Jesus was getting ready to, to uh, uh, say this, to tell them, to give this command, this commission to his followers, I want you to notice who the crowd was he was speaking to. It was a small group. All of them were followers of Jesus. All of them had decided that they were going to follow Jesus, all right? And so we've got the right group here today. You're watching online, 
You've made the decision to follow Jesus, all right? But I want to show you something, what he said here. He said that when he saw him, they worshiped him, but, say but, but some doubted. Now, that's who the crowd was. There was a little group of people. They were all followers of Jesus, like we are. But in that group, some of them worshiped him, but some of them stood there doubting. <laughs> and by the way, Jesus had already been raised from the dead, all right? But yet they were still doubting. So, but Jesus gave this commission, this commandment to all of them, not just the ones who worshiped him. He gave this commission even to the ones who were doubting, even to the ones who weren't the spiritual giants in the church, even to the ones who weren't on the ministerial staff, even the ones that weren't the pastor. This is a commission to everybody. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this commission is for you and it's for me. It's for everyone. And so Jesus made it clear. And then he gave us the model that we are to use to accomplish what he asked us to do. You'll find that in Acts chapter 1. Turn over there real quick. Acts chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 6. Here, they're speaking to the Lord. They're asking him questions. And Jesus responded. So therefore... They had come together and they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons when the Father, that the Father has put in his own authority. Now, this is a mild rebuke that Jesus gave them when they asked him that question. Here's what he said. Don't worry about that, all right? That's my business, not yours. <laughs> That's... That's up to God, it's not up to you. World leaders think they're in charge of what's going on in the world today. I've got news for all of them. God is in charge of what happens in the world today. God's in charge. He's always been in charge. He was in charge when he spoke the worlds into existence. He was in charge when he formed man from the dust of the ground. He's been in charge all this time, and he's still in charge today. So... World leaders know this. You might think you're in charge, but God is in charge. And so he says to his followers there, don't concern yourself about all that. God will take care of all that. And how many of you believe God's got it under control anyway? Let me see your hand. Hold it up hard. He's good. God's good. Turn to your name and say, God's good. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about God. He's good. All right? So Jesus says, don't worry about all that. God, God will take care of all that. Here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to concern yourself with, all right? Now he's given us our business. He said, oh, that's God's business. Leave that to him. Now I want to tell you what your business is. Are you ready? Look at what he says in verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power. You, this is your business. Now you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, this is your business. And you shall be witnesses unto me, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. That's your business, <laughs> Jesus said. Sometimes we get all caught up in Bible prophecy and what's going to happen. And we, and, and we think, you know, that's the, the arena. That's where we operate. And all the while, God's saying, hey, man, listen, you can't change one jot or tittle. God's got control of this thing. Leave what 
is God's up to God and you just take care of what's up to you. And what's up to you is to be a witness for me. And look how he said to do it. He said, first in Jerusalem, that's where they were, by the way, in Jerusalem. Then in Judea, Judea was the province that Jerusalem, the city, uh, was in. So uh, Judea was like the province around, you might call that the county, you know. We're in St. Petersburg, we're in Pinellas County, right? So Judea would be like county. And then Samaria, Samaria was the next province, you say, north of Judea. So that, that might be like the state of Florida or the United States. And then he said, uh, after you take care of Samaria, then don't stop until you reach the end of the earth. Say, that's a long way. Don't stop until you reach the end of the earth. And so you start at home and you go a little further, a little further, but you don't stop until you reach the end of the earth. Over 27 years ago now, when I became the pastor of this church, I entered into a season of prayer and I asked the Lord, Lord, what is your, what is your will for this church? Why did you plant GT Church? Long before I ever heard of it, long before I ever came here, long before you came here, why did you, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, move upon the hearts of our forefathers who came and gave and sacrificed and built to build a church here? Why? What did you have in mind? What did you want to accomplish? What, what did you want this church? And the Lord gave me a vision. And in that vision, I saw this property like, like I was in a helicopter or something hovering over. I saw this property. And on this property was a lighthouse. And that lighthouse was illuminating the community around us. And it was going into the dark corners and the alleys and, and this light was, was coming off of this property and illuminating uh, the community around us. And then I saw beams of light, like laser lights. Have you ever uh, been to a show where they use laser lights? Choom, you know, it's just a, a beam of light. And I saw these laser lights going out from this property, north, south, east, west, little beams of light. Choo, Russia. Choo, China. Choo, Cuba. Choo, the islands of the sea. Choo. Korea, choo, Ukraine, choo, Indonesia, beams of light firing out from this property. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is why I ran. I want a church that will be a lighthouse in this community and send beams of light out around the world for the cause of Christ. I said, yes, yes, sir, Lord, I get it. And I'm on it. And that's what we've been doing for all these years. With our outreaches into this community, we've three different times delivered Bibles to every, every home in a 1,000 home parameter around this church. We've, we, we, we haven't waited on them to come here. We've gone to their door and gave them a Bible. Three different times we've done that. And other times we've gone with Christian material and, 
and magazine after 911 we at great expense we couldn't we couldn't afford it printed a four color magazine with testimonies of survivors from the 911 and how to accept Jesus and delivered to the nearest 1000 homes around this community uh, we have four outreaches a year here out we're, we're about but uh, and the beams of light we do that through our missionaries Missionaries that are supported from this church, that are planning churches, preaching crusades, uh, working in orphanages, winning children to Christ, uh, every kind of mission you can imagine all over the world that are supported right out of this assembly. And so we've been about doing what God has called us to do because this is the model. You say, well, what's my part in that model? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Turn over there real quick. The Lord told us what it's, what it's supposed to look like. Here's what it's supposed to look like. First, he said, this is what I want you to do. Then he said, here's the model. And now he said, here's what it's supposed to look like. Are you ready? Romans chapter 10, Paul writing the Christians at Rome. Here's what he wrote beginning at verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever, say whoever. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, say it with me, shall be saved. How then? Now this, this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road. I mean, we all agree, right? We all agree. Whoever calls upon the name of the shall be saved. Okay, how are we going to do it? <laughs> how are we going to do it? All right. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear unless there is a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are what? Sent. How shall they preach unless they are sent? This is how. We've been talking about reaching people who do not know Christ in Africa this year, and we're going to. I'm telling you, there are going to be souls won in Africa when our team goes and we hold that crusade and we hold that, those children's crusades and we train those pastors. It's going to keep going. We train those pastors. It'll keep going for years and years as long as the Lord shall tear. We're going to make a huge difference this year in Africa and, and we're all going to be a part of it. And here's what I mean by we're all going to be a part of it. We're sending a team from this church. Some are going to go. Some are going to go. Now, we've all come, okay, right? How many of you came to Jesus and he forgave your sins? Let me see your hand hold it up, okay. So he calls us first to come. That's what Jesus does. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the first call that Jesus gives all of us is the call to come. And if you come to Jesus, what does he do? He receives you. He forgives you. He comes to live on the inside of you. He transforms you into a brand new creature. It's a glorious thing. How many of you, if you've experienced that, clap your hands and thank God that you came when he called you to come. Okay? So the first call is to come. <laughs> and if you come, he will transform you. But once you've come, then there's another call that he gives, and the call is to go. 
First he calls you to come and then he calls you to go. He doesn't call you, he doesn't say come and find a real comfortable place and I just want you to nestle in here and real comfortable place and I want you to spend the rest of your life uh, just getting uh, fat on the goodness and blessings of God. Just a real, like, like a spiritual lounge chair and just get real comfortable and just the rest of your life just enjoy the goodness of God. First, he calls you to come. That's glorious. But once you come, now he says, okay, go. <laughs> You've come. I've transformed you. I've written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now I want you to go. Go where? To the ends of the earth. Because there are people that I'm calling to come and they've never heard the gospel message. You've heard it 10,000 times in your life. But there are people in this world that have never heard it one time that Jesus loves them. And that he loved them so much he's willing to go to the cross and suffer and die and bleed. I've wept over that. You've wept over that. How much love that is that God shows us. But he was so powerful that he didn't stay in the grave. But on the third day he arose and he's alive today and will change you and transform you and bless you and honor you and glorify you. And you can spend eternity in heaven. They've never heard that gospel one time ever. So once we're in, now because Jesus loves them, he says, now go. Get out there. Get out there. There's no spiritual lounge chairs here. You got to go. And there's one of two ways. By the way, this is for everybody. Remember, the ones who worshiped and the ones who doubted, this is for everybody. Now, God may never call you to go. He may never tell you to go to some far-flung corner of the world and spend money and, and hold a crusade or do a ministry there. He may never do that. But there's some he will. And the rest of us, we send them. There's, a, there's only two categories here, okay? There's no category for idly sitting on the sideline and doing nothing. <laughs> that's, not in, that's not in the model that he gave us. There, there's no category for just, just laissez-faire, just you know, not, not doing any. There's no place for that. You either go or you send. That's it. And then this missions convention, God might tell you to go, but he might tell you to send. You may never be asked to go to Cuba or Russia or Ukraine or uh, the Middle East or some of these other places. And by the way, how many of you say, if God never asked me to do that, that'd be okay with me. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I get it. But if he doesn't tell you to go, he will certainly tell you to send someone. And that's why these faith promises are so important. And here's my last point today. My life, my life has been happy and fulfilled and joyous because I have 
done what God's asked me to do. I have engaged this mission's calling that he has given. My life is happy today because I have engaged this mission's calling. And God will never let you down. Never. As a matter of fact, if you say yes to him, and by the way, how many of you are glad when you ask him to forgive your sins, he said yes to you? Let me see your hand. Hold it up. I'm so glad he said yes. But if you say yes to him now, he may challenge you. But here's my promise to you. You will never regret doing what God tells you to do. Never. And I've never regretted. In 1996, the leadership felt like God was calling us to send a missions team to Abaco Island in the Bahamas. There to hold a children's crusade for children who would come in from all over the islands. They came by boat, by plane, by mail boat, banana boat. They came from all different, and they came there for us, for our team to go to preach to them and share Jesus with them and teach them the Bible. And we put a group of young people together with their leaders and the youth pastor and they, and they got on an airplane. They went down to Abaco. They had been there two days and suddenly it became obvious that Hurricane Bertha had its crosshairs set on Abaco Island and was, and was rushing full bore toward the island. Hurricane uh, uh, level three and, and moving toward level four. And people began to panic in Abaco Island and, and they booked all the flights and they were trying to get out. And so on a Tuesday night, I called a meeting with all the parents of the youth who were on Abaco Island. We met in my office. And I said, uh, I told them what was going on. The hur- it looks like it could turn, but it looks like it's going to be a dead hit right on Abaco Island. What do you want me to do? And I've never been spoken to so plainly in all the years that I've served Christ. Here's what they said. Go get our kids. <laughs> it was crystal clear. <laughs> get her kids. And I said, I'm on it. And so that night, uh, Karen and I got busy and we found a, a, a little a charter plane to get us down to Abaco. Uh, I, you, could, you, could, you could fly in there, but you couldn't get a seat to fly out of there. Nobody was going in there. As a matter of fact, were we the only people on the plane? I don't remember, but nobody was going there. Everybody was trying to get out of there. We went there. I met with a missionary. He was busy trying to get all the kids back on the banana boats and send them back to where they came from. And he was, he was doing that. And, and I said, I got to get my group home. He says, well, I'm busy. Good luck. <laughs> well, I got busy. I'm an airplane pilot. I have connections. I started calling all of my pilot friends, people that I knew in airports in the Southeast. I started trying to find uh, airplanes that we could charter and God gave me grace and favor, and I found three nine-passenger airplanes, uh, little propeller airplanes, and I said to them, make sure we have fresh rubber bands on the propellers when you come in that little bitty plane to pick up our missions team to bring us home. And so I chartered these for, for a, a obscene amount of money, an obscene amount of money. 
I chartered these three planes to come get our kids off the island. And so the day we show up, on the, the hurricane was supposed to hit that night. We go to the airport on the bus uh, from the camp. And when we get to the airport, there are guards out there with guns. Nobody can get into the airport. It was full of people. And the missionary knew someone, finally got the captain of the guard. He came, he let our group in. There were people sleeping on the floor. There was baggage everywhere. There were children running loose. It was chaotic. Everybody trying to get off the island before the hurricane hit. And we're waiting on our three airplanes to come in. The first one came in. I put nine of our, uh, actually eight of our kids on that airplane and uh, put them, an adult in there with them. And off they took and they took off heading back to the United States. Here in about an hour comes airplane number two. And it pulled up there, and I put another eight of our kids on that uh, airplane, and it took off back to the United States. And we're waiting on airplane number three. It was Karen and myself and about six other kids left on the island. And people were beginning to panic, and they were trying everything. And they were making announcements over the, uh, they're going to close the airport, close the airport, gather your things. And, and I'm saying, where's airplane number three? Finally, here in a little while, airplane number three lands. We run out there, uh, we jump on the airplane, and it takes off and brought us all back to the United States, and we made it back. Can you give God praise? That night, the hurricane struck Abaco Island, dead hit. Five and a half feet of water in the camp where our kids were staying and, and ministering, tore buildings down. There was $300 million damage with Hurricane Bertha, many deaths. It was, a, it was a terrible thing there in that island. And we desperately tried to get a hold of the missionary, could not get a hold of him. Now, this was back in 1996, so things were different then. Couldn't reach him. We were calling, calling, and uh, could not reach him. Finally, after... Four or five days, we finally were able to get through to Brother Bob Cornea. You know him? Bob Cornea, our missionary. We finally were able to reach Bob Cornea, our missionary. And here's what he said. He said, Pastor, it's been rough down here. We got five and a half feet of water in the camp. Buildings are blown over. It's, it's been tough. People have died. He said, but I want to, can I share a testimony with you? I said, Sure. He said, you remember I was standing there when airplane number three took off and, and you left. I said, I remember. I, I can see him right now. Stand, we, we got on the plane. He's standing right there, waved at us when the airplane began to taxi and take off. Here's what he said to me. He said, five minutes after your airplane took off, machine gun jeeps rolled out onto the runway and the government shut the airport down. Yours was the last airplane to take off before they shut down the airport in Marsh Harbor, Abaco. I wept at my desk that day as I was talking to the missionary, and I just thanked the Lord. I said, God, you are so faithful. You work miracles, miracles. Let me tell you something. When you do what God 
has told you to do, you can expect God to come through for you. You can expect him to come through for you. I've got a whole list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight missionary stories I was going to tell you today. And I only told you one. (laughs) But that's all right. Every one of them say the same thing. That when you do what God asks you to do, he comes through for you. He comes through for you. He works it out, man. If he has to work a miracle, he works a miracle. If he, whatever he has to do. And that's my message to you today. And so, we're going to end this first day of our missions convention. And here's how we're going to do it. You've been handed one of those faith promise cards. I want you just to take it right now. Hold it in your hand. Get it out of your Bible. Get it out of your purse. Dig it out from wherever you put it. I just want you to hold it in your hand for just a minute. And we're going to pray. And I'm very simply, because we don't believe in manipulation here, we don't believe in pressuring people for money, I won't have it. I will not have it. But we do believe in asking the Lord what he wants us to do. And we do believe in saying yes when he tells us. And can I just stop and say this to you? Because this is not my first rodeo and I've, I've done this over and over and over in my life. If you're sincere, don't be surprised if God doesn't challenge you a little bit. Don't be surprised if, it, if he doesn't make it easy. Don't be surprised if he lays something on your heart and you go, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that. But here's the point I want you to get. Of course you can't do it. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Of course you can't do it. What he wants to show you is what he can do through you, if you're willing. And so if he startles you a little bit (laughs) or challenges you a little bit, here's my challenge to you. You will never regret doing whatever God ask you to do. And by the way, he's never asked me to do anything that he hasn't provided the means whereby I could do it. So we're going to pray right now. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, we love you and I thank you for your word. And Lord, it is clear to us now that you did call us to come, but you've also called us to go. And that there are some who go and there are some who send, but we all participate. And so right now, I pray that you, by the Holy Spirit, will speak to our hearts. As a matter of fact, make that personal right now. Just whisper that to the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart right now. Just whisper that to him. Just speak to my heart. What would you have me do? Lord, if this is the last missions convention I ever attend before you come back, What would you have me do? What do you want to do through me, Lord? I I believe if you lay it on my heart, you'll provide it. So what do you want to do through me today? Do you want me to help support missionaries every month around the world? 
Lord, do you want me to, to help send this team to Africa or a young missionary somewhere or help rebuild the Alpha House? Lord, what, what's my part? Now listen. Now, very simply, just whisper, yes, Lord. <laughs> just say the same thing he said to you when you ask him to forgive your sins. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I don't think I can pull this off by myself, but if, if you provide this, Lord, I will be faithful to sow it. Just say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Men, would you help me right now? We're going to receive an offering. If, you, if God has spoken to you, you can turn your faith promise card in now or take it home with you and pray over it some more and, and bring it next week. But right now, we're going to receive an offering for Africa. I, I've been honest with you today. This was it's a large undertaking. When God laid it upon my heart, I had to struggle with it a little bit because it's a big, it's a big nut. And um, when I took it to the board, I said to them, I, I, I think, I, I believe God will provide this for us to do. And, and the board said, okay, pastor, we're with you. We're with you. But in this missions convention, I'm, we need $10,000 to do this, to, to, to do this this mission trip with the crusade and the training of the pastors and the kids crusade and the whole thing. And that's not, you know, the people who are going are paying their own way. You understand what I'm saying? This is the budget for the, for the crusade, for the trip. And so, um, this offering a hundred percent of what you give right now, and by the way, if you're watching online, there are instructions going up on the on the screen right now where you can participate in this too. And whatever you give right now will go to Africa, to this uh, missions outreach, our church, this beam of light will be sending to Africa this year. And so uh, here I have my offering here from our family. And as soon as you're ready, the men will come and receive it. Uh, Pastor Ken, would you stand and pray over this offering, this missions offering now that we're going to receive for Africa? Father, we thank you this morning for the challenge that we've heard from the Word of God. We thank you for the privilege that you have given each one of us, not just to receive the salvation that Jesus Christ has provided, but Lord, then to be able to go and share under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that message to others that may not have heard. So, Lord, we pray your blessings over this offering, God. We stand here and we proclaim that you are going to meet every need. Yes. According to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, I believe that already you are speaking into the hearts and lives of individuals.
promise you will meet this need that we can go and share the gospel and many hundreds of people will come to know Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. Men, are you ready to receive this offering? God bless you as you give. Thank you, buddy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, friends. You're so generous. Thank you for your faithfulness. I love you for it. If you came today unprepared to give this afternoon when you go home, all you have to do is go on our website, and you can engage right there, and uh, you can do whatever God's told you to do this afternoon right in your own home if you choose to, okay? All right. Would you stand with me, everyone, in the name of the Lord? Before we leave this place today, I'd like to speak a blessing over you and over your family. If you would like to express faith in God to receive this blessing, please lift both hands up high above your head. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord place his name upon you. The Lord bless your life. If you receive it, clap your hands and give God praise this morning in the name of the Lord. <laughs> amen and amen. Before you leave, turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry. If you ever go on a mission trip with pastor, he's going to bring you back home. All right. <laughs> he's going to bring you back home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everybody. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thanks for coming. Praise the Lord.